You just got coconut mauled. What? <laughs> the fuck is a coconut mall? <laughs> Mario Kart. Oh. Or Mario Kart Wii, the coconut mall. I don't. Oh. Okay. Now I remember. Yes. <laughs> okay. You said coconut mall and my brain said that like you made a mall like one of those things you have oh. chains with coconuts at the end instead. Coconuts. <laughs> <With> coconuts. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. This is too better. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> it's Nikki. And Tyler. This is Page Turns. And Button Mashers. He's dying. I'm dying. still dying from the intro. Coconuts. Coconuts. Yes. I can't help it. Shit, <laughs> fuck off. I love your accent. It's so off. cute. It's so cute. Shut up. Okay. Uh, welcome back, guys. Yeah, that's uh, it for me for the podcast because she told me to shut up. So. <laughs> it's all on no, you now. No, that's not how this works. No. <laughs> that's not how this works. Oh, shit. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Hi, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to our actual regular schedule for recording. <laughs> fucking weird. I'm so happy, though. Yeah, I know. It's really nice to be back to, like, a weekly basis instead of <laughs> being like, here's your one thing, and then, because we couldn't get it on time, and then here's the other thing, and then uh, we tried. <laughs> like, yeah, we tried. <laughs> I felt so bad about that. I felt bad about the un- unsuitables. It was just, it was a bad situation. I didn't feel bad about the game because no. it was ass. It wasn't even that. It was just the fact that I couldn't read it. I, I literally could and not game, pay attention I to it. finish it. Yeah. Because it was, it was just one too, of those things. It was dumb. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was dummy and not <laughs> thick. It was just dummy. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then we had a recording of a book that. I'm actually pretty excited about. Oh, yeah. And uh, The first part of it. The first part of Beneath the Flames by Gregory Lee Renz. Uh, Big up to Gregory. I might have pronounced his I, name I, wrong, I, but I, I'm not I, sure. I, I, Who knows? Uh, <laughs> my dad might know. Um, I, I could ask. But, yeah. So, I don't think we have any business business this week. Do we? Um, not that oh. I know of. What? Next week is our year special. Yes, That's actually, kind of we business. Do we have some business? Uh, uh, we're about to hit a year, and next week is going to be the year celebration episode. Yeah. So when this goes out, and people, if they listen to it mm-hmm. before we record, which will be a day or two. Yes. They still have time. Absolutely. To ask us questions. Yes, please. So uh, you have you will have probably about a week, or a little bit less actually. Uh, try and get them by the end of this day, <laughs> at the end of like Friday or mm-hmm. Saturday or whatever. Whenever you listen to this, um, try and get it to us sooner than later because we're trying to record it a week in advance. Obviously, we're a little early, but we we decided on what we were going to do. Um, Initially, we threw a Twitter poll out there for it. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. I started super bad, and that was really bad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we put out a Twitter poll saying like, "Oh, should we do a Q and A? Should we do a super special countdown? Should we do super special guests?" But we have something 
way out of left field for everybody yes. and i'm we're, so happy that we're doing it and we're not going to tell you what it is you're going to have to find oh, out with you're us you're going to have to listen i know i'm hey, so excited listen hey listen um <laughs> was that accurate <laughs> so many people are going to be like ah no <laughs> no it's okay i cringe no. saying it no uh but yeah so I can't believe next week is going to be a year of podcasting, and we're only on episode 51 today, but next week is episode 52, and... One year. Happy one year to us. One year. Does that mean 104 will be our two-year? Most likely. That's going to be weird. Ew. What? That sound was weird. (laughs) (laughs) That was like... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, didn't think it was going to be that bad, but... I don't know why, it just made me feel that way. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Uh. No. <laughs> All right, so, to start with the continuation of this book, uh, Beneath the Flames, this is part two. What do you remember what that happened last? Uh, he got hazed. He joined after 9-11. Yep. Uh, and he got hazed by a lot. His... Dad hated him because he was, or hated that he was doing it because he was joining a fire department with in black individuals. Yep. And him and his girlfriend or wife, don't remember. Girlfriend. Separated. Mm-hmm. Yep. So last yeah. we remember, uh, Mitch had just been dumped by his high school sweetheart and had been driving back home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when he arrived... He saw nothing but lights and people surrounding the place staying. And he frantically looked for Miss Bernie uh, to find her. Okay. Sobbing. Oh. Jamal had been shot. He was killed right in front of her house. Shot 14 times. God damn. And Mitch had nothing on his mind besides the fact that he needed to be there for Miss Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, she told him that like they were brothers, so she loved his dedication to her boy, and she has nobody now. Literally nobody. That hurts. I know. <laughs> Way to throw it in there, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So Mitch handled this about the same as he did before. He threw himself into his work, and when he was called into his captain's office, he was reminded that he's not alone. Firefighters are family. Mm-hmm. You know, we mourn together. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Um, a week later, the funeral came, and Miss Bernie had family from Alabama come in, though she was okay with their presence. She didn't really care for the way that people fussed over her. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually spent more time away with Mitch in his portion of the house, just like crying and him comforting her. Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful day for a funeral. Like, cool fall september like all right it was sunny and i honestly tried not to cry this whole time because i know the sound of those bagpipes when they play amazing grace oh okay um the goodbye salute from the state honor guard and they drove in the funeral procession like i actually Mm -hmm. was crying while i was listening while i was reading this i wasn't listening to it i was reading it (laughs) you're listening to it um all right. <laughs> so they drove in the funeral procession, and Miss Bernie asked to stop in front of her son's firehouse, where his crew was with his gear. Nice. So she gave them all a hug, a kiss on the cheek, and a blessing of thanks for taking care of her boy. Then she asked if she could have his helmet, and without hesitation, they gave it to her. Hell yeah. It still smelled like her son. Oh. Then they continued on. 
His next shift, his captain checks in with him, and he admits he's frustrated that there aren't any leads on Jamal's case. Mm -hmm. So he offers him an EAP card, so an Employee Assistance Program. It's like uh, paid-for therapy. Mm. You basically go a certain amount of time just for that issue, and then after that issue is resolved, you continue on with your life, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back for another issue. That's what happens. Gotcha. Uh, And then he asks him about the fire he screwed up at. Turns out it was a homicide. Ooh. Yeah. The owner was shot, and the last people he kicked out were the one-niners, which they were questioned, and of course nobody knew anything. Then a watch-yourself-out-there was... With the wasp yourself out there, he was excused. Hmm. Before I forget to mention, because Mitch had been keeping busy with repairing Miss Bernie's house, he had also gotten assistance from Jamal's department because, you know, our family is family. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads to how two days after the news dropped about her house needing repairs, it's completely fixed up. so new roof new porch new coat of paint it brought her some joy to see everyone get together to help her um another shift and the first anniversary of 9-11 passed Mm -hmm. mitch decided that after his shift to finally do something about the girl's house across the street do you remember jasmine and alexis yes okay they are very important okay so (laughs) he fixed their roof their porch their wiring Oh. And didn't charge a penny to them. Nice. Then as he left, he got a small thanks from oh. Jasmine. Aw. Um, interesting thing about Jasmine. So she is a... I thought she was like 13, 14... Actually, I thought she was closer to like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. She's 12. Oh. She's 12 years old. Okay. Keep that in mind. Um, I had that sudden reawakening when I was reading it. That I was All just right. like, oh my god, she's only fucking 12. So that means something happens. Uh, it's crazy. So um, he went home and found Miss Bernie awake and crying. He sat with her for a bit to find out that this time was for her daughter. Eight years she had been gone and she missed her dearly. She just, she literally left because they had fought too much and she never looked back. Damn. Yeah. So now she literally has neither of her children. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, he went to the station and was surprised that the kids had come right after school. Hmm. Yeah, Jasmine was with them, and a bit of her, with a bit of her help, Mitch got their attention. He started with their names written on the whiteboard in their favorite colors, and he had them write it too. Nice. But then one of the boys, Kyle, had a seizure. Oh. Jasmine explained that it wasn't an emergency since he was a crack baby and this was normal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, after a conversation with his captain about how Kyle's mother was pissed the last time they took him to a hospital, he got the boy a blanket and a pillow, then took the kids to the apparatus bay to give them a seat in one of the rigs, you know, just to let Kyle wait it out. Mm-hmm. So then he woke up after a really short nap, but he still slept it off. Mm-hmm. And he asked if he could have a turn. Oh. He asked all sorts of questions about how, like, the truck worked and then he blasted the air horn which made mitch smile (laughs) then it was yeah then time was up and mitch sent them home Mm -hmm. so that night kenny and crusher two of his teammates those are one's a nickname one's not it's kind of obvious okay uh, two of his teammates took him out for drinks they got drunk and laughed and talked and ralph showed up (laughs) 
<laughs> he was pissed that they invited Mitch out, and he nearly choked Mitch out before storming out of the bar. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Uh, turns out Ralph's son had been trying to get on the department, but he's not that bright. Okay. In the sense that he just, he keeps failing. Mm. And so when you fail, you have to retake it. Yeah. Um, he just can't seem to pass the tests. Uh, so he blames Mitch and diversity for his son's lack of inability to get on. Because he's a third generation firefighter. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, Mitch had a thought about Maggie. Um, he was about to dive into a deep depression when the kids knocked on the glass door again. He was happy to see them and surprised them with new Donald Driver Packers jerseys. Okay. Coloring supplies and coloring books. hey Brand new supplies for children. Yay. And with the help of Jasmine, he got the kids to sit for another lesson. He proudly called them his eight O's, Donald Driver's number. Yep. They were a team now, not a gang, a team. Okay. I know. I was like, oh my god, it's so precious. <laughs> That's cute. I know. I, I appreciate that. So, next shift, he was surprised by Nick. Do you remember Nick? Vaguely. She was this absolute gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous woman who was on the department, but she was on the blue shift while he was on the red shift, so they only ran into each other at that switch. Mm -hmm. And um, she hit on him and pressed up against him and all that oh. jazz, but it's funny because during their drink session... Uh, he, they told him he, she was a lesbian? Yeah. Hold it, on. It gets better. Okay. So, um... Intrigue has Yeah. So, <laughs> he was surprised by Nick and his next shift. She had literally pressed herself into him and announced that she was on shift with him instead of Ralph for the next few shifts. Oh. Here's something funny, though. I told you that he was, that he was told he was a lesbian, but despite her actions towards him, he believed his teammates... It gets better. That was until they worked out together and she jumped him. Oh. But of course the alarm went off before they could, you know, do the D deed. Do the do. Yeah. In the station workroom. Whew. Workout room. Getting a little. Which theirs is in the basement, so I don't know. Getting a little scandalous there. Yeah, really. And they go into detail in this book. Ooh. And I was like, okay, good for you. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was a massive fire. Oh. Um, so they got to rush into action. Poor dude was still like, ready. <laughs> oh. He, and she's like, don't trip on that thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, well done. <laughs> so <Not dumb. laughs> Yeah. So they fight the fire together, and they actually make a really great team. Uh, when they exit the building, Lamont found Mitch and pulled him aside, and he had some horrible news. Mm-hmm. DeAndre, a one-niner and former childhood friend of Jamal's, killed him because of Lamont's sister. Mm. He told Jamal about what was going on, and Jamal, being an amazing human, attempted to get his sister out of danger after being beaten by DeAndre. Mm. This news completely ruined Mitch. So, after a date with Nick, she asked him out, and they finally got a release after the day they had. Um, they done did fucked. <laughs> anyway... So he decided in the middle of the night to take his shotgun and try and kill DeAndre. Oh. But he didn't. He shot Good. up a vehicle of one of his friends instead. Lamont found him the next day to tell him that DeAndre was looking for Mitch because he was about to kill Lamont's sister over him being shot at. The next, the day after that, sorry, Lamont was found dead. 
shot by DeAndre. Oh. Yep. So Nick told him the news and was frantic because she knew something was going on, but he wouldn't say anything. Don't bottle shit up. Um, (laughs) That is until the police came knocking on his door. Mm -hmm. They saw his rifle, they questioned him, and with everything that Mitch provided, they were able to put DeAndre away for the murders of Jamal and Lamont. Unfortunately, that news wasn't good for too long. Mitch was surprised in the middle of the night, one of many that we have come through, (laughs) to two officers who startled him out of his sleep to tell him that DeAndre had escaped and was on the run. But not to worry, because they wouldn't rest until they got him. Right. Mm -hmm. Super helpful. Yeah. The most helpful, one might say. Yeah. So, Miss Bernie took this opportunity to finally sit Mitch down and tell her everything. So he did. Everything. His mother's suicide, Maggie, things at home, just everything up until now. And it was like super cathartic for him, which he really needed. Good. Then she told him that helping others was her favorite thing to do until she couldn't anymore due to her health. Mm -hmm. Um, She really liked to take care of foster kids. She loved homing kids who needed help. But then her back was like Ugh, no more. Um, so she couldn't do it alone. So, unfortunately, she lost that mm-hmm. ability. Um, She's a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, she really is. So he kept doing the same. Uh, the kids went from a small group of five children in Jasmine to over a dozen. Uh, yeah, Jasmine's grades had improved thanks to his tutoring, and she had a shot at college. Big up. Let's go. I know. Um the kids loved coming by and they always had a great time working on whatever they did together that was until mitch asked about kyle Mm -hmm. where he was apparently he had a terrible seizure that was so bad his mother decided that instead of taking care of him they put him in a nursing home he's like eight yeah so the next morning he decided to visit his little buddy um the kiddo, unfortunately, was heavily medicated and unresponsive. Oh. So Mitch came in and sat with him for two hours, leaving a brand new jersey for him to wear, telling him that he needs to come back and that he's his little man. Oh. Heartbreak, right? Oh. So I was going to end it there, but we have time. Well, okay. <laughs> so I will continue. All right. As he went home, he asked Miss Bernie what she wanted to do for Thanksgiving, and she wasn't sure. Um, It was her first one without her son. Mm -hmm. Um, However, when the occasion came, she made a feast for the two of them. Hell yeah. When they finished, she packed up some leftovers for all the kids, and he went to the station where the little ones were more than excited to see him. He gifted them the bags of food, you know, and cookies with jerseys on them and frosting. (sighs) He got it, but then he got a good look at Jasmine. Mm-hmm. She had a bruise on her neck, and she seemed out of sorts. I don't like that. Nope. No. Uh, trigger warning. I'm going to tell you now. This is a trigger warning. I am already upset, like in the mad way, because I have a feeling where this is going, and I don't like it. He asked what happened, and after some prying, found out that due to DeAndre being gone, her mother's boyfriend felt comfortable enough to finally sexual assault her Mm -hmm. after she left he of course snapped at ralph who of course said all the wrong things at the wrong time yeah come on ralph and i was like i'm 
not going to repeat those things. So, fair enough. I couldn't. I I couldn't write them down. I was actually getting mad about it. Okay. Uh, but come to find out from his captain that Ralph had actually saved Jasmine's older sister's life. Pretty. Okay. Her name was Pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loved him so much after that that she made him an ashtray mm. and followed him around the station. Mm. Until her body was dumped in a garbage bin. Oh, my God. Yeah, a dumpster. I I couldn't remember the word for it. (laughs) That's where I ended, garbage bin. I'm sorry. Um, So the man who did it was found there a week later and his body on fire. And nobody knows who did it. Guaranteed it was Ralph. Yeah, big up Ralph. I'm just saying that right now. I know. So later that shift, around 2.30, he saw Alexis slamming on the door. 2.30 a.m., mind you. Okay. Alexis was slamming on the door, and the house was on fire. Oh. And Jasmine was still inside. He got ready faster than ever, announced on the PA system that there was a fire across the street, and then he ran into the building again without a mask as soon as he found out Jasmine was in there. He found her. And covered her with his body before they passed out. He passed out. Mm -hmm. So he woke up in the back of an ambulance being told that she was all right. That her mother took Kenny's knife. (laughs) Kenny called his knife his dick. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. So he said she took my dick and cut his, literally gutted him. Oh. On the front of the fire station. Wait, gutted the guy that. The boyfriend. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But in doing so, she got sent to jail for murder. Yeah, it's great. It's one of those, like, good for her for doing that for her daughter. If you rape people, you kind of deserve to die. Yes, you do. And then also, like, but you killed someone. eh, Give or take, however you want to think about that. I Um, apologize about that noise. It's okay. (laughs) Adjusting my foot. (laughs) Uh, Then he was transported after he learned that news. So the next time he woke up, he was in a hospital. Nick was there, and she was trying to catch him up on the fact that he was a hero. If he didn't put his body over Jasmine's, she would have died. Wow. Yeah. When his brother, Jen, and his childhood friend walked in the door. Um, it's a weird news. Okay. Nick admitted that she loved Mitch, but he didn't say it back. Oh, dude. So Jen showing up was pretty indicative of his feelings. Dude, Yikes. you done did fucked it. Yeah, I You know. fucked the whole thing. Well, technically he did. Jelly <laughs> 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 uh, Anyway, after all that settled and he got some confirmation of where Alexis was, he visited Jasmine, who was intubated but very much alive. Then he told off some one-niners who threatened to kill... He threatened to kill if they ever came around Jasmine again. It was that last day when she woke up that he updated her on what was going on. That Miss Bernie is their foster mom now. Oh. Yep, he got that those little strings pulled. And they will be staying with her and Mitch for a while. Oh. It was around Christmas time when Jasmine was finally released from the hospital and brought home. She had a lot of physical therapy to do and she wasn't the same she had burns on her neck Mm. and um of course she she felt bad about Mm. a lot of things and alexis made it known how much she missed her older sister like how she was before Mm -hmm. 
Um, it was a challenge trying to get her confidence back. In fact, after some discussion with Miss Bernie in a visit to um, Pastor, I keep calling him Pastor Brown, but his name is not Pastor Brown, and I tried to correct that. His name is Pastor Williams. Okay. And I don't know why I named him Pastor Brown, because yeah. I forgot his last name. <laughs> and I just didn't bother to change it. <laughs> so, when I say Pastor Brown, I mean Pastor Williams, and I'm so sorry if I slip up on that again. So, they had a plan. Wow. I know. I suck. I'm so bad about that. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is his name? I can't uh, remember. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown is actually Mr. Williams. Um, so, I feel bad. Jesus. Anyway, so Jasmine needed to have a new school. Pastor Williams had a school that needed a new roof for it to be able to have funding. And as a matter of fact, the alderman was planning on trying to steal the school out from under them and cut funding so they could have a private school there. Which would put out all the children who go to that school. You fucking Disney villain? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you steal candy from orphans? Like, what the fuck is wrong with <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, legit that. Um, so all they needed was to fix the roof. And Mitch listened carefully to what he needed. And by the next day, an entire fleet of firefighters were there to help. One's family owned a roofing company and were charging cost for the materials. Mm. Not bad at all. No. And of course, it also helped that after the news dropped about what happened to the school, they got all the donations they could ever need. It was mm. an absolute beautiful moment of okay. community. Um, so, interestingly enough, one day Mitch was walking back from the school through an alley when he was stopped by two cars full of gangbangers. Oh. And after holding him at gunpoint, the one who threatened him called the guys off and told him that their beef was over. Hold on. I know you shook your head in shock. Um, Trust me. Hold on. Like, our beef is over, Just but, done. like, they've never met him before? He's met him. Oh, okay. He was the one who thre he threatened in the uh, hospital oh. to never come back to Jasmine again. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, he kept calling him spiky hair, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so he said they won't mess with him because his daughter is one of the kids in the after-school program with Mitch. Yeah. So he's like, I owe you something fierce for keeping my daughter safe. So we're done. Uh, you're, we, you don't have to worry about us. And I was like, shit, dude. <laughs> Community, I'm just saying. Right. So uh, January came and Mitch was cleared to go back to work. He had burns on his back, so he mm. couldn't work until this was cleared. He got a nice talking to from the on-shift captain, who everyone dislikes to his inability to actually run a scene. Mm -hmm. um, he actually got people killed in a basement fire, and people often joke that he couldn't put a fire out if he, even if he pissed on it. Mm. That's how bad he is. He just makes terrible calls. <laughs> um, so things continued as normal until later that day. Ralph had trouble with his car and fixing it, and Mitch offered to help, which... Ralph took his him wanting to show him up again. Mm -hmm. He fixed a vehicle Ralph couldn't. It was great. Oh. Um, but no, Mitch was just trying to be helpful, and Ralph ended up taking it. This led to the fact that, believe it or not, Ralph was willing to help Mitch become the best firefighter he could be by the time his probation was up, oh. which was in three months. Ooh. He trained him so hard. He pushed questions at him at a quick rate. He was giving scenarios that blew his mind, but at the end, he was so much better for it. Okay. 
because firefighting is a most of the time a a job of chaos Mm -hmm. you need to be able to think in the chaos when 50 questions are being thrown at you at the same time Mm -hmm. obviously sometimes you can delegate but sometimes you need to sit and think Mm -hmm. and get your mind together and that was my stomach and i'm so sorry (laughs) 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 your stomach was intrigued yes what Um, anyway, uh, so he got off probation and instead of celebrating with the rest of his class, he decided to trade for another shift just because the bar they were going to is the same one Lamont and, uh, Jamal went to Mm. together. And Mm. he was just like, I can't, I, I just can't. And I'm like, that's fair. But before heading to the station on his shift, he picked up Kyle. Ooh. So, side note, he actually sold his truck for his family to have some money for crops, and now he has a van with a chairlift that he fixed up. Nice. Um, so, he fixed it up just so he could pick up Kyle. Hell yeah. Who was in a wheelchair now. And he brought him to school, and it was so good for him because he could feel like a normal kid, and it was good for the other other students so they could learn empathy and... Um, and Kyle, see their friend. Yeah, Kyle was no longer verbal, and his head shook a lot because he couldn't really hold it up. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was actually quite sad. Um, but it was also amazing how much he gave hope back to this little boy. Mm-hmm. So his shift began, and he was having a good day, except for Lieutenant Lobner, who was that asshole who I said makes terrible calls. Mm-hmm. He was being an absolute idiot, and after what happens next, he proves how much of an idiot he is. Oh, good. So... Nick and Mitch were chatting when they get a call to a massive fire. Mm-hmm. Just chatting, I promise. They kind of cut off their relationship. Gotcha. Um, they arrive late, but were instructed to make a secondary search for any people in the second, third, and fourth floors of the building. Lobner instructed them not to take a hose with them. Mm. Into a burning structure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it seems smart. Anybody would know that's fucking stupid. No, it's it's good. It's fucking stupid. Uh, so, when they got to the fourth floor and the fire was raging, they were trapped with only a limited amount of air left. Nice. Mitch ended up jumping through flames, making his way down a flight of stairs, running into another crew where he took their hose, went back up, and fought for his team to get out. Just before he nearly suffocated from air loss, someone used their buddy connection to be able to get him out safe. And he was greeted by the chief of Milwaukee, who told him his actions were amazing. His crew was safe because of him. And Lobner was excused for his shift. (laughs) Yeah, Nick was in charge for the rest of the shift. Nice. As a matter of fact, Nick's parents showed up after the fire, and she was left in charge. I saw that already. After explaining what Mitch did, her father, another chief, thanked him. So did her mother. Her dad was going to have a conversation about Lobner's actions. (laughs) He nearly got his daughter killed. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. So as he left the station, he was cornered by Ralph, who told him that Lobner was fired. And that because he did great on his own, he got a new nickname. He went from Bambi, and now he's Buck. Hey. Because of his... Bantooth Buck, let's go. (laughs) Is because of his John Deere tattoo on his arm. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. I know, isn't that great? When he got home, he had Miss Bernie uh, dress the burns that he got on his back. Um, He fell asleep for a while while he 
his back soaked in salve, which was nice. Mm-hmm. When he woke up, he had a message on his phone from his brother. His dad had a stroke, and they were at UW Hospital in Madison, and he rushed quickly out the door to make them dri- make the drive over. Mm-hmm. By the time he arrived, he was met with the Hillenbrands and his brother. They caught the stroke early enough that his dad will be fine. Um, when Mitch went in to see him, though, his dad tore him down with the simple instructions of telling him to go back to Milwaukee. Wow. Yeah, isn't that great? Wow, what a dad. Right. So when he went back out, Chris told him that the actual problems of what's going on with the farm. They owed $40,000 up front to the bank, or they will call on the full 160000 that they owe. Jesus. Yep. So they're close to losing the farm. Mm-hmm. Mitch told his brother to stay, and he went back to the farm to do chores. He had a plan to make sure that they didn't, that, like, that that didn't happen. Didn't want his dad to know that it was him helping either. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a whole lot ahead in reading before I updated this again mm-hmm. because I was so into the book. Bad Nikki. But <laughs> here's what happens for a few chapters. Um, Mitch had made the decision to hold off on the station work. He took a leave of absence, if you will, and help with things getting things in order with the farm Mm -hmm. after failed attempts to get extensions for the payments and a failed suicide attempt from jasmine he decided the best course of action was to move the women to the farm okay reminder that his dad is racist Mm -hmm. okay so he and his brother do chores jasmine gets a change of scenery and miss bernie helps with the crotchety sid who of course showed his racism but miss bernie was stronger than him fought him back actually it was really nice So she cooked for them, the boys did their chores, and after some time in a near drowning of Alexis, he has a pond in the back of his house, and she just kind of slipped in, but Mm. his dog saved her. He's so great. The dog's not racist. Let's go. (laughs) No, he actually followed Jasmine around because he knew she wasn't doing well. Yeah. Good puppy. He's such a good boy. Good puppy. So Jasmine started to finally get better. Hey. Um, her fiery nature was coming back, and Jenny actually offered to take the girls bathing suit shopping so that they would be able to learn to swim. Oh. And Jasmine could finally get some bras because she's 12 and needs them. <laughs> oh, and Miss Bernie saved the farm with her son's life insurance payment. It was more than they needed. Oh. I know. Um, so she basically made Sid shove his racism because she owned part of the farm <laughs> until they paid her back. <laughs> Partially, of course. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that's so, a big old fuck you. Right? So Miss Bernie got some amazing news. Um, Pastor Williams wanted to bring some kids to the farm to help around, but also get some time away from the city. Um, they were going to have tents so they would stay on the, on the farm, and then okay. they would paint the farmhouse they would paint the barn and then they were going to build rebuild the what's it called the tree house okay yeah uh he was super she was super excited because she got all um giddy talking about mr pastor williams Mm -hmm. they they were a little into each other it was very cute they were they actually talked like teenagers flirting when they met up i know uh so she was so excited when everyone finally showed up that even grouchy sid got a handshake from pastor williams and it was so sweet he was just like yeah let me shake your hand what (laughs) um unfortunately unfortunately with this happy time came sad news kyle had passed away due to complications of pneumonia Mm -hmm. um 
he fought hard, but it just, it wasn't enough. And Mitch got his favorite jersey back in return. He, of course, cried and, you know, he was his little buddy. I literally was like, no, not the kid. Why the kid? Anyway, so the rest of the day went great as planned. Um, It ended in most, (laughs) the most Wisconsin way ever. Bonfire. Oh. (laughs) And at that bonfire, Pastor Williams gave Mitch a gift. Um, apparently when they heard his farm was struggling, they started a collection and a fundraiser, one that even Kyle helped with in spirit. Um, they raised over $8,000 for the farm. Wow. And after that, a little girl named Peaches came up to Mitch. Wow. Said her daddy said thank you and to give him a letter. It said DeAndre was back and to stay away. Oh. Peaches is the daughter of the one-niner. Oh. That told him... He, their beef was done. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that a sweet little name, though? Mm-hmm. She's peaches. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so the kids' work on the farm paid off. Thanks to all of them. New tree house, fresh coat of paint on the house and barns, and new flowers planted around the house. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as he surprised the kiddos with horseback riding lessons, Jenny came by with her fiancé. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this pissed him off. Of course it did. Yeah. But in the end, it led to him going into the treehouse for a moment alone, after all the kids had left, of course, on the walls, including Jasmine. Aww. Who thanked him for never giving up on her. Aww. And, of course, Alexis saying she wished he was her dad. Oh. When he was done taking in all the love, he went back to the house. Mm-hmm. Where he found the girls dancing with Miss Bernie, and Sid sat at the table enjoying their company. His words may not have shown it, but Mitch knew he met his match in a battle of stubbornness with Miss <laughs> Bernie. Um, <laughs> Mitch had also gotten the courage to go through his closet full of memories and forgive himself and his mom for things that he had gone through. He took them to the treehouse to make it a place to remember all the good. Mm-hmm. And with this and all his work, he just finally wanted to figure out what happened to his mother and why she completed suicide. So he finally talked to his dad. Damn. Yeah. In doing so, he got to read her suicide note Mm. where it told him that she was incredibly depressed, how much she loved Mitch, and how she knew that since Sid already took him in as his own, he was in good hands. Mitch was not Sid's biological son. Oh. But honestly, who cares? Yeah. His dad is his dad. And it turns out they both blamed themselves for something so out of their control that they took it out on each other. And it was the most amazing thing that right Mitch had experienced, that he and his father forgave each other. Right it was on. beautiful. So the next day, Mr. Mal- uh, Mr. Malloy, Dr. Malloy, who was the first doctor who came in to tell him, yo, you have PTSD, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came with some amazing news. So he had stopped by to see Jasmine and his and his dad's progress, seeing how they did all amazing on this farm. And they were planning on paying them to use a small parcel of land so that they could use the farm as an alternative rehabilitation center. Ooh. And Mitch wasn't sure, but his dad and his brother were already on board. Um, Mitch had Milwaukee, so naturally he asked Miss Bernie and initially asked if the girls would stay. Mm-hmm. But they also had their own lives, you know. He said he had not much to stay for, but Miss Bernie told him that Jen still loved him regardless of the engagement. So he was like, oh, I guess I do have a reason to stay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, made him think a bit. So the next day was their last in the farm. They all 
got all packed up and gave their goodbye hugs and Sid gave uh, Alexis a kiss on the cheek and told him told her to come visit him Uh, I know I was like shut up (laughs) it's so (laughs) sweet Um, they they left he dropped the girls off and they got settled he hadn't said goodbye because he said he'd be back Mm-hmm. Then he left for a station where he remembered some good and interesting times. Then he took his gear, put it in his boss's office, along with the letter of resignation. Oh. And he drove home, knowing Jenny was the only thing he had left to win back. <laughs> they loved each other and, you know, they knew it. That's mm-hmm. why Nick and him just didn't work. So, um, he waited back at the house when she arrived, but the timing couldn't have been more terrible. Mm-hmm. He got a call from his Bernie. Jasmine's missing. Oh. She hadn't come home from school. Oh. So he told his family what's going on and rushed back to Milwaukee. Jen came with. She was like, I'm going with you. You're not telling me no. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. And on the way there, Mitch told her that he loved her fucking finally. And then they arrived, got to work, told all of the stations to look for DeAndre and Jasmine. But after a long time waiting, he found Chandrell, Lamont's sister. Mm -hmm. And in finding her... DeAndre found him. Mm. They had Mitch and Jenny because, again, she wanted to make sure he wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Trapped. Unfortunately, Chandrell had Jasmine's necklace on her. The one that Mitch gave her. Oh. After the fire. Um. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and even though the friendly one-niner was there, they still had to fight. DeAndre announced that Jasmine was gone. Oh. He had scratches on his face and on his chest. He had killed her. Wow. You want to know why? Why? I would love to. Because he said, she promised me that once she gets grown, you filled her head with things. So his choice was to kill her. Wow. Yeah. What a guy. Um, so... I'm sorry. (laughs) She had fought him off, but that's it. You know, she's gone. Since they were going to use Mitch's van to take them to a second location, he had Jenny distract DeAndre so he could tackle him. Mm -hmm. He got shot. They fought. It all ended with a, with when Mitch slammed DeAndre's skull into the pavement. Oh, shit. And he died. Oh, shit. Fortunately, his friendly guy (laughs) called the cops, but Mitch was already bleeding out. Mm Mm-hmm. Jenny agreed to marry him as long as he didn't die on her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He, but he watched her in spirit as he told her he loved her. His friends were waiting. Oh. That's not the end. Oh. So we fast forward to a church. Uh, sorry. He 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 told he said his friends were waiting, but then he saw the siren, the lights come mm-hmm. right as he blacked out. So we fast forward to a church filled with all of the friends and family that Mitch had made in the past two years for the baptism of. Jasmine Margaret Garner, with her parents, Mitch and Jenny. Oh. And her sponsors, Clarence and Bernice Williams. Hey. So, Miss Bernie and Pastor Williams got married and started fostering children again, adopting Alexis in the process. Oh. And, of course, Mitch and Jenny got married and had Jasmine. That's awesome. Who he named after the little girl who he didn't give up on. That's awesome. Um... After the baptism, Alexis gave the baby her sister's necklace and asked that she knows all about her sister. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Fuck. He couldn't ever forget her. 
He closed his eyes and even saw her green ones. Then as he left the church, his buzzer paged. Report of a barn fire, Highway 18 at Q. Oh. The end. Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> that whole story was a fucking roller coaster of everything. Mm-hmm. I hated that the little girl died. I hate it. Yeah. She was only 12. <laughs> sorry, give me a moment. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it shows how much we do for our people mm-hmm. and not just our people in in our home and our community it means so much to us even if he got a stupid ass rocky start mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful ending <laughs> that he he was able to have the woman that he loved his whole time even though he was a moron about it <laughs> and alexis got to have a family that she wanted mm-hmm. but it was at the expense of her sister. And yeah. I hated that. But it was so well written. Mm-hmm. And I'm genuinely going to give this book a perfect 10. Wow. It made me feel things that, like, you go through. Mm-hmm. You go through in this service. And in going through in this service, you learn about yourself you learn around the, about the people who are around you, and you learn who's really there for you. Mm-hmm. And this just, like, reiterated how much that means. So, perfect 10. Like, all around. Awesome. Well-written, no nonsense, and it told you all about the things. The only thing I could ever fault it on was the fact that I got stressed about the fact that they busted out windows in a fully involved fire. <laughs> I was Fair like, enough. how dare you? <laughs> Anyway, with that. That was good. You want to take a breaky break? Sure, yeah. I'm thirsty. Woo! And we're back. I was able to compose myself. Yes. Yeah. And we got hydrated. We got hydrated. Hydration. (laughs) We went to the hydration station, a.k.a. Nikki's water bottle. (laughs) With my... (laughs) plethora of other pod stickers all yeah. over <laughs> including our own yeah including our own twice merch link in the show notes yeah i should not have <laughs> have that many um <laughs> anyway anyway gaming news gaming news there's none i don't think there is any um i'm still playing games uh kind of hope so yeah i what game did i just recently download I don't know. There's some funny clips of me on Twitter and Instagram. Oh. Go see that. Oh, 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 oh. Boom Headshot. It was Battlefield. It was Battlefield. But that's not, like, news. It's just if you want to go see that, you can hear me say, Boom Headshot. It was really fucking funny at the moment, too. I almost dropped my phone. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. Uh, so... Yeah, there's not really any news. Um, I was finally able to... You know, feel joyous enough to fuck with people in Call of Duty again. <laughs> Which uh, takes a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did I play anything else recently? Not really. You haven't. I have. I've been playing Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah. And I've been playing... I, I started Typo Man. Yeah. Which was is weird, but I kind of like it. That's a weird one, but I, yeah. I like it. It's, it's a black and gray style, and you're this literally scripted out person 
who's made out of letters. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so weird. Um, I am finding, like, with the addition uh, of Bethesda with Microsoft on the Game Pass, there's a bunch of, like, random games that are just popping up, and I'm like, hmm, I can download that. Oh. So. I mean, yeah, that's true. You've been able to play a lot more Bethesda games than you per, have been. Per usual, yeah. Oh, I uh, started, I finally started ESO, Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, made, I made a Khajiit. I forgot that that was new. It's not new. Well, it's new, new to, to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my character's name is Rikataj. He, he is great. He is a Khajiit <laughs> with an eye patch and a, he's dual wielding a sword. Oh yeah, I No, helped. he's uh he's uh like two handed weapon, yeah. one sword. I helped make him look good. Yeah, he looks cool. He's got like leopard print or yeah, leopard uh, he's pattern. Weirdly daddy status of a A little bit, person. yeah. 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 It's strange. I don't know why we did that. Anyway <laughs> You like leopards, that's why. I don't like leopards that much. No, but, like, that's why the <laughs> pattern was chosen. Yeah, no, it looked better. Yeah. So, uh, on to the game this week? On to the game. I was, I did say last week I was going to start a series. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was apparently a lie, and I didn't even know it. That got kicked out the window when we remembered that we have an anniversary coming Yeah, up. so instead of starting a series and then cutting it to do the one-year anniversary thing, I just decided to play another kind of one-off game. Yep. And that is Battlefield 1. Ooh. Yeah. I couldn't remember what you were playing for this, so yay, surprises. Yeah, Battlefield 1. I played a lot of it yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I was... I was uh, I, I was on a twenty four hour shift, so yeah. you pr you had plenty of time. Yeah, do what I, you wanted. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad. So the release date for this game was October twenty first, twenty sixteen. Oh, really? so fairly recent. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, the genre is first person shooter. Oh. The developer is EA Dice. EA Dice. Yeah, Dice is who creates the uh, Battlefield games. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, publisher is Electronic Arts. EA Games. Yeah, and I don't know where this comes into it. It might be another, like, publisher or another, like, what they're doing. But Frostbite is part of them. Okay. I don't know where that, if that's developer, publisher. They're just there. Yeah. I can't remember. Maybe the... do, they didn't have enough uh, rendering people. And they were just like, we just need, Frostbite. like, a handful of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frostbite is owned by EA. I think so, but... I mean, I, still, it'd yeah. be one of the, like, help. <laughs> yeah, help us do this. Uh, they're usually also with uh, Battlefield. Okay. So, they're pretty... I enjoy their stuff. So, the systems that this was released on uh, is Windows, PS4, and Xbox One. Oh. So, just uh, flat the what is now last-gen consoles plus Windows. Oh, okay. So... It's weird to think of the fact that we're not up-to-date anymore. Yeah. With everything, I... Ugh, that's yeah. such a weird feeling. It's so weird that the Xbox One and PS4 are last gen. Yeah. Even I... though they're still relevant. Yeah, they are, but it's still weird. Yeah. It's because people are being assholes with buying the new ones. Well, still, also, there's not a lot of games out for the newer consoles that you can only get. I don't think there's... There's only one that I know of on the PS5, and that's Demon Souls. That's fair. That's it. I don't know why, like, you saying that whole thing to me, my brain went, yeah, essentially. Don't ask me. I've I've been awake since 4 a.m. Don't mind me. I've been up since 6. Hey. I just couldn't sleep. 
It sucked. I went to bed at 11, so... I went to bed around midnight. <laughs> <laughs> we did not get sleep last night. Nope, I am wired. <laughs> <laughs> so, the setting, unlike what I usually put as the uh, setting, you know, long description of it, mm. I'm just giving you the basis of what this game is. Oh. The setting for this game focuses around fictional soldiers' stories during the First World War. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So, uh, last week... I did a first-time thing of reporting on a game that was solely on PC. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm doing another first in that I am covering a game that focuses on an actual war instead of a fictional one. That's really nice. Such as, like, Halo or Gears of War. That's true. I, I keep forgetting that you haven't actually, like, reported on an actual war game. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So, this will be the first of that. Whoop! Even if I did, like, the newer Call of Duties, they aren't real wars. Yeah. It I would know. have to be, like... World War Two. Call of Duty 2. Yeah. Yeah, it would be World War Two. So, I think. I could be wrong. I feel like I every... know World at War is World War Two. I think. Yeah, it okay. is. I feel like a lot of... Like, not to be terrible about this, but a lot of gamers and a lot of games recently have been like let's just focus on the second world war and forget the first one not a lot of i think this is one i feel like i've just been hearing about it a lot this is one of the few that actually focused on the first world war and they went into depth i'm not sure if another game has i i feel like they've it's so focused on world war ii because it was the most interesting war because it had the most catastrophic Events happen during and after it. I will counter that, though. Mm-hmm. World War One, the war was started on horseback, ended in tanks. I mean, fair. So World War One was the most technologically advanced advancement during a war. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying in terms of, like, casualties lost. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just the Jewish people who were extremely persecuted that time. The Japanese were heavily persecuted in America Mm -hmm. and we had internment camps in America. Yes, we did. And we tend to forget that shit and it drives me insane. Yeah. And people are like, We've never done this before with the children being locked up in cages. I'm like, yes, we fucking have, yeah. like, in a world war. Are yeah. you kidding? Literally. Citizens were locked up because they were Asian. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. So I, I do feel like people focus so much on World War II because of how much catastrophe had happened during it. Yeah, and since this is a newer game, I'll call it a newer game because, yeah. yeah, it's still... You know, that game. Uh, it's still that, relevant. Yeah. And being so focused on the First World War, that's, you know, even though the wor- World War One, the Great War. Yeah. It's still, like, unique in an approach to a video game. I know. In my opinion. I also find it weird because both World Wars happen within a lifetime of people. Mm-hmm. So the people who lived through most of World War One also lived through World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's really fucked to think about. Yeah. It's just like, we need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, humanity is psychotic, man. There is a statement out there that it says, I, oh, I want to say it's like Albert Einstein or somebody like that, but it says, uh, I do not know what World War Three will be fought with, but I know World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. <laughs> That's interesting. And it's just like, oh, so World War Three is going to destroy shit. Good yep. to know. Cool. Thanks. But... Back to the game. I'm yeah, so sorry. Not a problem. So, uh, in place of a quote-unquote campaign, this game went the route of doing what is called war stories. 
So in these stories, you follow a specific character doing their part in the war. You get more details on what each character's roles are as you play. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, so, like, you get the selection of the, like, five oh. that there are. Oh, yeah. And okay. you go through them, and they tell you, like, what they are. Yeah, uh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, um, there are... Five full-on war stories, mm -hmm. uh, plus a prologue and an ending. Cinematic slash thank you message. I'll explain that after Please, I get you. through. Yeah. So, I'll do my best to give you the basis of what each war story is about mm -hmm. and any issues I have I've had with them, if there are any. Yeah. Mainly complaints. So. <laughs> <laughs> he kept going left. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, this isn't Gears 1. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought you actually forgot something. No, no. <laughs> Just trashing Gears 1. Yeah, because the campaign and the AI are so bad. Don't listen to that episode. Or do. I don't do. care. Do. Fucking do it. Hear me trash a game. <laughs> <laughs> Hear about the fact that he walked into the room and said, I couldn't finish it, and then walked back out. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, first is the prologue, which is titled Storm of Steel. It's a series of short interactions of the 369th Infantry on the front lines, on the western front lines. Ooh. Each character you play as, besides the one in the last cutscene, will die. Shit. It's just a quick, like... Fair enough. Yeah. Quick thing. And uh, you transfer to the viewpoint of a different soldier when you die. Oh. Side note, each time you play through, the character names that pop up when they die will be random. So when they fall... Their name pops up on the screen, and then the date of birth and date of death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like a tombstone? No, like it's on the screen. I know, but yeah. like a tombstone Written. inscription yes. on the screen. Mm -hmm. Holy fuck. So you get one name of soldier after he gets uh, artillery strike comes in. Next, you're in a tank. Oh. Bombed. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so it just it keeps going on and on. I think at one point you're in an airplane. I could be wrong. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's... Processing, processing. It's really cool how they kind of show you the boom, 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 boom. These yeah, are the... that's chaotic as fuck. Yeah. So, um, I will say at the end it shows the, uh, like I said, the last soldier. I don't think you fight as him. Mm -hmm. But uh, he, like, stands up. You see a German soldier. You both aim at each other, and sunlight comes through. And oh. you're just aiming at each other. And then you both lower your weapons. Cause there's Oh yeah, I the, think I saw that. Yeah, there's a narration where it's uh like at one point you the sun comes through and you realize there's a whole other world. There's still the world out there. Oh my god. And I'm just like that. Chills, chills, yeah. chills. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I actually got a little bit of goosebumpies. They did so well. I remember with it. seeing mm -hmm. that. My mind just went, What the fuck is happening? Yeah. So, um, after this, you will go through uh, the first story. I'm just going in uh, just to order, like, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So the first one is called Through Mud and Blood, <laughs> where you play as Danny Edwards, who is a British so uh, chauffeur. He's a soper? Yep. Chauffeur turned recruit <laughs> tank driver. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. He's a driver, so. Sweet. Yeah, so you become a tank driver. Mm-hmm. At this point, it seems to be later in the war. Obviously, because you're able to drive a tank. It is a broken tank. Her name is, I believe it's Old Bess or Big Bess. Something like that. That's I the love tank. That, yeah. 
She's, oh, she's a, she's a loyal tank, but boy, is she trouble. <laughs> so please tell me that's a quote. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like, come on, come on, Bess. <laughs> yeah, so. Work with me. Please. So, um, at, uh, let's see. So your mission mm-hmm. is to burst through the German lines at the French city of Cambrai or Cambrai. I don't know how it's pronounced. Is it Cambrai? Yeah, it might be that one. Okay. Yeah. Where the Germans did have, and this is before they were Nazis. They were just pre-Nazi Germany. Pre-Nazi Germany, still bad guys. This is this is before they Why went. Why does that keep happening? Because Germany wants to be all tough. <laughs> yeah, but now Germany is like, we know we're tough. We should probably. Scale we back. know if we did some bad things. Don't worry about it. We are done. <laughs> Anybody who's actually listening in Germany, don't mind us. <laughs> like, I love you. We're making a joke. It's, yes, it's I, not I, not I to love, insult you. I love you. <laughs> You remember that episode from Spongebob where it's just like, you gotta be approachable. And they answered the door, I love you. That's not approachable, it's just creepy. <laughs> a little too much, Patrick. But, oh, um, fuck, oh god. Yeah. So the main issue I had with this story is that you're supposed to be a tank driver, right? Yeah. Mission two and three of the four missions, you're forced to be outside of the tank. Oh. Either scouting ahead in deep fog taking out, like, uh, you know, anti-tank guns. Mm-hmm. Or, in the third mission, you're going around in this village to try and find parts for your tank because oh, she broke. That is Which, frustrating. Uh, that third mission, I wouldn't mind if it was just that one by itself. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you're not doing a lot of tank driving. You only do it in the first, two, uh, first one and last one. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of sucky. Yeah, but when you drive the tank, it feels so good. <laughs> and they did make it cool where the environment actually affects you in a tank. So if you go into deep mud, mm-hmm. it'll slow you down. Oh, yeah. shit, that's which, really thought out. Which makes it easier for artillery to hit you, so you better not go into the mud. <laughs> Why are you dancing while Because this? Just fucking don't get into the mud. <laughs> <laughs> So, I wish I could have recorded what you just did. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of odd that you're out of the tank, but it does sort of make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, driving a tank is fun. I mean, I'd imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> and these are like the first tanks. Oh, shit. Yeah, so. Like, holy It's grail. really, really cool, in my opinion. So. The next story is called Friends in High Places, which I'm sure, as you can imagine by the name, has you flying a plane. Yes. You take control of Clyde Blackburn, who is posing as Officer George Rackham of the, uh, it's Rackham, yeah, of the Royal Flying Corps. (laughs) George Rackham. Yeah. (laughs) I just love that name. So you beat that guy in a, like... A game of poker, mm-hmm. and you steal his plane, and then you, and then you show up, and they're just like, "Oh, officer!" And you're like, "Yep, that's me." Oh no! <laughs> you just got weirdly drafted into a war. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> By beating a guy. Yeah. So uh, this set of missions, I believe there is like one or two where you are outside of the plane, mm-hmm. but where you are flying the plane. It is teaching you actually how to do that in the game. And in Battlefield games, flying planes, pretty fucking difficult. Not a lot of people can do it. This mission actually, like, has you, hey, 
This is how you do it. If you can't do it, you can't move on. Oh, fuck. So, That's great, though. Yeah. I really enjoyed it uh, when I used to play this game a lot. I got really good at being a pilot. Really? Uh, yeah. Shit, okay. Like, I would uh, fly and then tilt to the side, you know, do their banking, and then just, sh- like, whip around mm-hmm. to get behind the guy that's chasing us. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I I used to be. Not anymore. Wasn't terrible, but, eh. <laughs> yeah. So, um... That my, I think that's probably my favorite of the missions is because fucking Clyde Blackburn is fucking awesome. That's so He's got that southern accent too, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Is it like when Critical Role thing, uh, Ford's uh, southern yes. accent? Yes. When he was making fun of a well, not making fun of like imitating, imitating his, his friend. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or or McCree, you could go with as well. Yeah, either one. Yeah. It's... Overwatch or Critical Role, either way, Matt Mercer's in it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so <Not> weird. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it's great. You get to fly. Planes are cool. I, I love old school planes. You'll find out very quickly about me, especially with talking about this. This is actually the first time I get to talk about my love for, like, war technology. Yes. I'm a geek for world, like, tanks. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. You play um, World of Tanks, yes. and I, you try to tell me all the things about the tanks, and I have the attention span of an ant, and it's just not great, and I feel so bad because you love it so much. That, if I didn't go into the major that I did, I was going to be a history major in an emphasis like on war. Well, the original emphasis was France, but I wanted to focus on like war technology. Which would have been cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You I should want... have had a minor in engineering. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, but you hate math, so. <laughs> Whatever. I would have done it for you. I, I would have gotten that degree <laughs> so I could know more about tanks. Knowing knowing how we work, I would have done the math for you. Yeah. I wouldn't have given a shit. But, uh, so, just before I continue on, it has nothing to do with this game, but Zedeka Max is the best tank in all of the world. Look it up, literally. You look up the Dicker Max. It is. It is spelled exactly how it sounds. It is literal. It's a real thing. If you don't want to look it up, just come into, like, our messages, my messages, and be like, the fuck is the Dicker Max? And I will send you what the Dicker Max is. Yeah, primarily go straight to him, because I will be like, Tyler, someone's asking for the Dicker Max. The Dicker Max. (laughs) Oh, God. I could talk about tanks for so long, but... This is an episode of German accents anyway yes so good uh (laughs) but um i also do have a love for planes yes i do love old military planes i do too yeah they are so cool (laughs) i prefer the sky that's fair land or uh, no to sea in general land and air are fine for me fair enough (laughs) so uh up next the next uh, war story is called Avanti Sovia. Avanti Sovia. Okay. Yes. Uh, where you take control of Luca Vincenzo. Co- Vincenzo. Vincenzo. That that name right there. Cocciola. Cocciola. Yeah, Cocciola. <laughs> Sorry, that's too close to Cochina. It is. Uh, anybody who speaks Spanish, you'll get it. <laughs> so, uh. Luca is a soldier in the Royal Italian Army. 
Oh, shit. And it's Italian instead of Italian. Whatever. Linguistics. Italiano. Sure. So you, uh, in this one, you are fighting uh, Austro-Hungarian forces uh-huh. in the Italian apps, Alps. There we go. Alps. <laughs> in the Italian apps. Yep. Alps. <laughs> so I will say. They're fighting your phones. Ah. <laughs> so. Uh, I will say pretty intense with, uh, like, the battles in this with the elevation differences because you are literally in the mountains. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I don't think there's vehicle usage in this one. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of running. Uh, I, will I kind of s- love that. Yeah. I will say uh, it's also the shortest of them where there's only two missions instead of four or, like, more. Oh, okay. So this one is the shortest. It's just um, here and done. Yeah. It's cool. a story where you, as Luca, are trying to find your twin brother. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Who's also a soldier. I mean, cool, but it, also like... Yeah. I don't know how hard that would be. Oh, it would also be kind of funny if you were trying to find your twin Luca and other people had seen him before and it's like, hey, Luca. <laughs> no, you are Luca. Oh, you are Luca. Yeah, you're trying to find your twin. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. I'm stupid. It's fine. I will say I'm pretty sure you find him, but he doesn't make it from what I remember. Well, shit. Yeah. Could be wrong, but I don't think I am. This episode's filled with death, and I'm yeah. not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sad uh, fact. game moment in the game, so. It's a fact. Yeah. Sad. I am, I'm going through this rather quickly, and I apologize. No, don't apologize. <laughs> I went through mine really quickly. I thought it was just going to be a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, next is called The Runner, mm-hmm. where you take control of Frederick Bishop, an Australian-slash-New Zealand soldier. The forces were combined at this point. Either way, he's going to be a badass. Yes. Uh, and you are landing on Gallipoli. Gallipoli? G-A-L-L-I-P-O-L-I. Gallipoli. Okay. Gallipoli. Yeah. Galapolo. No, it's Galapolo. Yeah. Like the Galapolo. Yeah, Galapolo. <laughs> Galapagos is what and I meant to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, this is with the assistance of the Navy forces. So big-ass ships. I love big-ass ships. Just shooting. Just boom, boom. Yeah. Yep. That's it's... what my aunt's on. Yes. Literally. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, Frederick is fucking badass. And uh, you get a recruit who you're like, stay on the boat, but he doesn't. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. He's like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And the, I told you to stay on Earth. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you guys gain like that kind of brotherly relationship. Aww. I believe Frederick is a much older gentleman who's been in the war or like seen it. Still nice. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, oh god, do I want to spoil it? Probably don't want to spoil the game. I don't know. I don't know what happens. If you, okay, maybe don't spoil it, Okay. but then tell me later. Okay, I will do that. if you want Tyler to spoil it, then ask him. Yeah. Because I want to know, because I won't play it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Let's be serious. That is fair. So, uh, yeah, that one, also a good one. Okay. uh, His hat is really cool, because it's like one of those old like old school hats where the uh one side is flipped up oh. and then the one is down i think i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah okay it kind of looks like a cowboy hat except one's like Ooh. or like a musketeer hat 
that's still cute. It yeah, doesn't change anything. It's fucking awesome. My ooh is not rescinded. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, finally, you play Nothing is Written. That's the final one. Nothing is written. In which you take control of Zara uh, Galfron. It's an Arabic name. Okay. So, uh, who was part of the Arab revolt against the Ottoman Empire. Oh. You fight ag- alongside Lawrence of Arabia. Ah! Yeah. So what? Yeah. What? Yup. And uh, which I keep is, forgetting that it was a real person. Yeah, which is pretty fucking cool. I know. All um, I keep thinking is the musical soundtrack for the fucking movie. Fair enough. Uh, the character you play as is the only female character Sweet. in the story. And as I'm sure you can imagine, there was some hissy fits by some members in the gaming community. Hey, 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 guys. Fun fact. If it weren't for women, a lot of wars would have been lost. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Bringing in the hard truth. Because fuck off with your misogynistic bullshit. Women were in the war. Women were in the wars. If it weren't for the lady riveters, if it weren't for the lady pilots and bombers, we wouldn't have won these fucking wars. (laughs) Yeah. One of the few (laughs) wars that we've won. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure, wasn't Vietnam like a standstill kind of thing? No, we lost that. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, we also lost the secret war. There was one. With the Hmong. Yeah, no, I know. That's the secret war. We definitely lost that one. Yeah. Uh, There was one where it's still technically going, but (laughs) because nobody really lost. World, wait. World War Two is also still technically going it's because technically- Germany and Italy haven't signed a peace treaty, <laughs> a formal peace treaty. So the, world, yeah, World War Two is still happening, by the way, guys. Yeah, but we're not in it. Yeah, <laughs> because we're like, no, we're done. We're done. We we've signed peace treaties, and Germany and Italy are like, nah. <laughs> they're, they're, they still have like their uh, great great grandfather's chest to chest, staring at each other, and then they step aside as. The generations go and they're like yeah, still doing yeah. <laughs> they're doing the chest bumps and it's like you do it no you do it yeah you fucking Fuck do it, it. <laughs> throw it throw a punch so eternal standoffs yeah <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah so the uh the story which is um nothing is written uh still deals a lot with being in the desert mm-hmm. and riding horses which is pretty fun so I'm. It, I'd imagine it so. It deals a lot less with the technology side of the war and more with, well, first off, non, like, uh, well, you deal a lot with not being American in this one, but also, like... Because America's only one of hundreds of countries. Yeah. <laughs> you, this is also one of the very few where uh, games, in general, where you deal with being, er- like, part of the Arab... Nations. Nations. Pretty cool. Yeah. And I love it, also being a female uh, character. All about that. Badass women in history. So, the final story, I'll call it, even though I said the last one is the final one. This, uh... The final, final, really fun To choose is called Remember Us, Mm -hmm. which is a message from the Battlefield team as a thank you to those who served. Oh. It's very touching and powerful, and, uh, would you like me to read it? Yeah. Okay. I could, I could totally use a good cry right now. Let's do this again. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this is cutscenes. It does go over, like, the different characters that you were and, like, different cutscenes in the game. Okay. So, one day, this will, uh, all this will be over. 
The war to end all wars will be won, by one side or the other. The guns will rust, grass will grow, and there will be nothing left of any of this. The land will heal itself as everything does in the end. We'll be long gone by then, but maybe not forgotten. History only remembers one in a thousand of us, then the future will be filled with stories of who we were and what we did, how we lived, how we fought, and how we died. When this is all over and the war is won, they will remember us. But until that day comes, we will stand, we will look death in the eye, and we will fight. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I got teary. I was right. <laughs> Oh, when I first saw that one, mm -hmm. tears down my face. Ah. It's such a good tribute. I can I can relate to that shit, yeah. too. And it's it hits you because, like, if you know individuals who have been in the wars, if you have read history about the wars. If you know anybody who served in any way that they've given their life to make sure that people were safe in one way or another from just true bad and true evil i don't mm -hmm. want to say just evil but anything that could genuinely damage you you get that and it's a great message very it's a, powerful it's beautiful if you want to you can either play the game and that's what pops up at the end oh, or you can watch it on youtube and i highly recommend it oh man if you get the chance to so um, is there any truths to these stories that you play through? Yeah. One of the major truths that I found out is that during the prologue, you are playing as an all-black infantry known as the 369th <gasps> Infantry. The 369th Infantry? In the actual <gasps> war, the 369th was an actual, actual all-black yes! platoon that was given the nickname of the Harlem Hellbringers. They were amazing people. That's amazing badasses. Who you're playing as in the prologue. Because still in a country where people were so against someone of a different color, they still said this is my land and I'm and willing I'm to defend it. And I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to fight for it. And these guys you. are badasses. Hell yeah. I recommend reading up on them. I did while doing research for Beautiful. this. Beautiful. Yeah. I so. just, oh, more chills. I love it. Yeah, so this game, they did their research. I love that. Yeah, and they do say that it is part, you are the part of the 369th. Oh. I will say, I think it's in World War II, but part of this, uh, it's mostly all black. Uh-huh. There are some Puerto Ricans. I know we are. Yep. It's it. We got <laughs> annexed at a really weird time when the army said, hey, we need you. And, and so y'all joined the Harlem Hellbringers. Yeah, and <laughs> we got pulled in as um, Islanders, and they were just like, we're just going to annex your place. And similarly to Hawaii, <laughs> the only difference is Hawaii is a state. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico is not, but people in Puerto Rico are super fucking proud. And oh, yeah. it's literally right down the middle. Half of them hate people who speak English, and the other half people <laughs> understand that... <laughs> bring in the economy it's mm -hmm. kind of shitty yeah but yeah anyway 
I, I love that. I yeah. love all of that. That they included the... Yes. yes. The, the one infantry that is in my mind all the time when it comes to war. So, yeah, yeah, you completely missed that I said 369th when I said prologue, because I did say that. I blanked it. Yep. <laughs> because attention spans. <laughs> it sucks, man. So, uh, there is something that I really enjoyed about this game mm -hmm. that they've done that not a lot of... Uh, first-person shooter slash war games have done and this is especially comes into play while playing multiplayer okay and that is tanks yes they did it right in this game since this does take place during the first world war tanks were a new thing so they were harder to destroy so what when you see a tank in a match your immediate thought is tank <laughs> mine is Oh god, oh fuck, oh god, oh fuck, oh god, oh fuck. <laughs> I think it's just because, one, I've never been on the other side of a tank, and I've never had to be. Mm -hmm. And two, because we have so many, like, monuments to those have passed from, like, our state, from mm -hmm. Wisconsin, uh, just kind of around. So my brain immediately, just like when we pass by pastures of cows, my brain goes, cows. I see tanks, and I go, tanks. Yeah. They're like machinery cows in my brain. Yeah, but like most modern games, they have tanks and it's like, oh, use the rocket launcher, you shoot one rocket, it blows it up. Or use the unarmed predator missile, right? Yeah. That blows them up immediately. This one takes like three Panzerfausts. <laughs> three is a Panzerfaust? A German rocket launcher. Thank you. Yeah. Takes a, a rocket, uh, quite a few shots from a rocket gun, which is my favorite thing in this game. You... It is a gun that has a huge barrel, giant slug. You have to lay down <laughs> to use it, and you just... Thoom. Oh! It's, yeah. <laughs> Those are meant to destroy tanks. I've had it where I'm aiming at a tank. A dude comes running out of a trench in front of me. I shoot, and it hits him. Poof! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. But, yeah, so... Yeah, that was me. My bad. But uh, when you see a tank in this game, it makes you feel, oh, fuck, I need to... Like, make sure it doesn't see me. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. Because, yeah, they did have ways of destroying tanks, anti-tank grenades, mines. Things like that. Explosives. But it still took a lot. Yeah. It wasn't immediately killing them. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, I feel like tanks just kind of appeared. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that it's like, hey, we're going to build this thing. And it, from my understanding of tanks <laughs> is it started out that they had trucks mm -hmm. that they armored and then added cannons onto the back of. And they're like, we can do better. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like they just kind of built this thing mm -hmm. after being like, oh, this is a really great idea. And then. It's like they like every country had the same idea at the same time, mm -hmm. and they were just like American tank, German tank, French tank, random tanks all over the place, and then it was just there. And I'm like, and even most of them Italy, don't exist anymore. Even Italy made tanks. Yeah, and Italy was just like tiny tank. Here you go. Fiat three thousand. Yeah, Fiat. It's came a from Fiat. Tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. But uh, yeah, so they better than found on road dead. Ah! Yeah. So, um, let's see, or fix or repair daily. That's another <laughs> Ford. That's a good one. Yeah. So they really did tanks right in this game by when you see it, you are like, fuck, that's, <laughs> I'm going to die, essentially. 
So, <laughs> which I I really enjoyed. There is no Tiananmen Square here. Yeah. There is no flower or blocking tanks situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there was a really cool addition to this game. Mm -hmm. uh, but first, I'm going to ask you, what would you say a major weapon attachment would have been during the First World War? A weapon attachment? Yes. What if that, like a bayonet? Exactly. Exactly that. A majorly important... I know my shit. Yeah. Uh, would be a bayonet. And because when you run out of ammo, you do a stabby stab. Well, yeah, because guns, though great for shooting, um, can also be effective weapons otherwise. But people tend to forget that after you're done with the shooty-shooty, that's a heavy-ass piece of metal. And if you attach <laughs> a sharp piece of metal, you can... <laughs> Stippy stab. It essentially becomes a polearm. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I, I, you think I would forget about the one thing that stabs people? See, I, I wasn't sure if you were gonna mention that because there was there was the thing where you could stick, it was essentially a grenade, in the barrel, launch it. It was it was like a long long tube with a grenade in it. Yeah. Uh, at the end, and you would shoot it and it would launch the grenade. Yeah, oh, a uh, rifle grenade. Like an old school, like first ever grenade launcher. Yeah. Quite literally. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine for some fucking reason because my brain just goes, hey, it's primitive. But it's not really primitive. No, it's People not. People aren't stupid. It's just like uh, making a sling but putting a grenade in there. Yeah. And just being like, pin, throw. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> pin, whip, throw, go. Exactly. That's what it is. They, the gunpowder in the gun mm -hmm. hits the or launches the grenade. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Though. But uh, with the bayonet... Like, with that being on your weapon, you can do a bayonet charge, Ooh. which allows you to rush your opponent while screaming. And if they don't react in time, you literally stab them down. <laughs> I don't know why I got so excited about just, ooh. <laughs> if you're laying down, you can get up and start running. Yeah. And then you click the melee button and you'll just hear, and I have been sitting there shooting at somebody from long range. All of a sudden, heard shouting in my right ear, turned to my right, stabbed in the chest. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. It's, yeah. Ugh. They made bayonets as effective as they were. Oof. Yeah. Sorry, I remember, like, so weird side note. I remember a story about a girl who got stabbed, mm -hmm. and she survived it. And she just described it as weird pressure in her chest because she got stabbed in the chest. Jesus. But she lived. It was literally, like, half an inch away from her heart. So she lucked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. But now I'm thinking, like, oh, no, that pressure feeling of getting cut and or stabbed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hurt. Yeah, no. so they did right by so many things in this game. I'm so happy. Um, So there is also, uh, I won't talk about all the different game modes because if you've played a Battlefield game, there's the game modes, like, you know them. I feel like most game modes are very similar to each other because they're trying to compete with one another Yeah, anyway. but, uh, of course, there are games that do have their, or series that have their own unique game modes. Yeah. And Battlefield does have its own, like, rush and assault, and there is one that has to do with, like, very specific battles during the war. Mm -hmm. And it, like, actually... Like, has you fighting those wars, so it's really cool. I'm, or those battles. I'm freaking so, out. <laughs> in these specific uh, game modes, I can't remember which specific ones. I think Conquest is one of them. At a certain point, the losing team will get access to what is called a behemoth. 
What? Which is themed to the map. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are meant to gain a tactical advantage and help close the gap of your team losing. Right? So, uh, these are heavily armored and heavily armed vehicles that also can act as mobile spawn points, depending on what they are. Yeah. So, you have the Dreadnought, which is a <laughs> large a naval battleship. It's one of those big, big battleships. It's still a great the name. Yeah. I will say... The Dreadnought is coming that's exactly so every team the two teams are always told when it's arrive or when it's arriving and when it's arrived they'll be the uh, dreadnought is coming and it's no. like oh god the dreadnought mm. enemy dreadnought is here no and it's like how oh, fuck no how about yeah. no <laughs> so you turn and look at the ocean and there it is you oh, just see it geez. it's fucking awesome um so next is the armored train which is an armored train it's a train that goes up and down the tracks and it's got a shit ton of different turrets on it oh my god and they just yeah i love that though yeah though that one's fucking difficult to hey take, though. so bring those back not for any reason other than me wanting to be on one <laughs> <laughs> fair enough next is the airship l30 which is a zeppelin this Ooh. Yeah, which in the story mode you do deal with a lot of these. Mm -hmm. You will, um, but the Zeppelin, of course, German owned. Of course, but the, the in, fucking name, okay. Yeah, but uh, in the multiplayer, it's just the losing team gets it. But <laughs> it is cool. a it is a Zeppelin that's floating above the map. You can spawn on it, jump off, and like pull your parachute, that's so or be on one of the guns. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so cool. And finally, you have the Char 2C, which is a big fuck-off tank. Char 2C? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so the really cool thing about some of these uh, behemoths is when destroyed, their remains create new obstacles on the battlefield. Ooh. My best example is the Zeppelin. When it explodes, or when you destroy it, it bursts into flames, comes crashing down, and its, like, remains create a whole new, like, thing for you to navigate. What? Yeah. Holy shit. That's brilliant. And I've been playing with my brother, and we're just, like, running, and all of a sudden we just hear Dread or uh, Behemoth destroyed. And we'll, like, look up, and you can see it exploding oh. and coming down. It's like, oh, that's beautiful. We gotta move. It's like <laughs> a Hindenburg situation. Mm -hmm. Oh. Except another better. historical fact that yeah. I'm I'm obsessed with natural disasters and or tragedies mm -hmm. and I'm actually um, watching one about a ferry in the between Estonia and Sweden mm -hmm. that capsized and nobody knows why. Oh shit! That's actually on Discovery Plus and I started it yesterday and that's the one I told you about and right it on. is amazing. So same situations, yeah, kind of so, thing. Really cool that uh, some of these will change the actual battlefield, which they did take from the fourth game, uh -huh. that uh, certain events can cause something from the map to change drastically. Yeah. This also is included in that. Yeah, it's it's very cool. So, overall, it's a good FPS game. Yeah. It is more realistic with the shots. Mm-hmm. If you get shot in the head, you're dying. <laughs> like. I mean, good. It's not like a... 
get shot again and again and again. And yeah, again. it's not it's... a Call of Duty situation where yeah. it's like, brrr, and then the dude runs up with a knife and stabs you, you die. But no, like, you, it, it's realistic, and yeah. I appreciate it's that a, so much. And Battlefield has been known to be more, quote-unquote, realistic when it comes to yeah. shooters. So this one does continue that. Um, It's historical. Like, it's historical AF. Yeah. Hey. Kina. <laughs> but it's, you know, historical, like, accuracy makes me happy as a person. Yes. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Oh, while it still fits with the usual feeling of Battlefield games, mm-hmm. uh, it does keep it fresh with the additions that it had. That's so cool. I also enjoy how they portray a world war, and it, they are still able to keep it unique. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, here's World War Two, Storm Normandy, like... Yeah, that's it's weird that they always choose Normandy. Yeah. Because it's just when the... When we're the ally. Yeah. When us when allies a, when came the U, in. When the U.S. shows up, but... It's because you're like... We were like, no, let's not go into this war. And then they bombed Pearl Harbor because mm-hmm. they were like, let's fuck you up because we want you to come into this war. And we're just like... All right, bitch. We're here now. Fucked up. But (laughs) this one, it does. I will say the announcer uh, is a uh, British woman, and you do get to hear the phonetic alphabet for uh, the time. The British military (gasps) in that time. A is no longer alpha, or wasn't alpha at the time. Wasn't it apple? Apples. Ah! Butter. (laughs) (laughs) The phonetic alphabet would make you hungry. E was Edward. Oh, well, Edward is actually something that we still use. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it, actually, that's our echo response level. Mm-hmm. It's channel assignment E Edward. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. So, um, it uh, with it, you know, portraying the war, it uh, and feeling unique. It does also have that feeling in the war stories that holy shit, this could have happened. Yeah. So it has it where it's like, oh, this is definitely fictional. But it could have, you know? Yes! It's got that great feeling. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, I will say some of the missions, like when you're the tank driver and you're outside of the tank, mm-hmm. it can get a little boring, but, like, they do offer a lot of replayability, which I super enjoy because there are collectibles and, you know, stuff like that to try and get. Yeah. So, overall, a solid eight out of t- 8.5 out of 10. I love it. Yeah. Everything you just told me gave me like weird goosebumps at times, <laughs> and it it appeals to my sensibility of catastrophe. Yes, and I know that's something weird to be obsessed with, but like Battlefield does destruction good. I genuinely just love random catastrophes in history because going into the uh, analyzation of all of those things, like how the fuck. Did this happen? But this also follows, like, people destroying other people, exactly. like, other inventions and shit. Exactly. And but it's, it's one really of those, cool. like, how can we prevent this later? Mm-hmm. And I love those things. Um, so, yeah, it's a good game. I love it. It's, <laughs> it oh, this might have been one of my my favorites overall. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. I guess with that, thanks for hanging in with this. Yeah. Um, that was a good episode. I enjoyed a, it. I, I cried, okay? <laughs> Actually, I teared up. I didn't fully tear out. Uh, I don't know You how cried at the, st- at the end of your thing. I didn't fully cry. Tears were not coming out of my face. You can touch my face. You know how my <laughs> face feels after I cry. It's True. not sticky and weird. True. Anyway. <laughs>
Anyone else's face gets sticky and weird after they cry? No? <laughs> me? Just me? All right. Uh, <laughs> you know where to find our stuff. It's in the show notes. Yep. This is episode 51, so you should know it's down below in or up above or wherever the fuck you're watching this. Yeah. It should be in the show notes no matter I'll what. probably have to send where I got that quote from. Uh, Yeah. That but, is the only thing that you need to send Yeah, me. so that will be in the show notes. Absolutely. So if you want to get that tatted on you, which now I want to. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you can do that down below. And I guess with that, I don't know what else we have coming up next. We have our big year. Tune in to the year. Celebration. Yes. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Tell your grandmother. <laughs> tell your grandmother. Don't tell your grandmother about our show. Unless she's like super rad. Unless she's super chill. Shout out to the super rad grannies out there. Yeah. And just don't call them grannies. Um, <laughs> super rad grannies. <laughs> What'd you call me? Bow. Uh, so. Yeah. So, uh. Next week is going to Join be <laughs> our super spectacular one-year anniversary thing. Um, something completely out of left field for us, which yes. is so great. And I am so looking forward to it. Yeah. And then what else? I feel like... And just go into the link tree. Yep. And Find everything. Rate us. Thank review. you. That part. The rating Rate, and review. because it helps people find us. Yeah, we just uh, gained some more countries, and I don't know how the fuck that happened. But thanks, guys, for tuning in to us. There was one We that... gained Mexico. Yo, woo! Porque estamos mexicana. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I don't know why that's a thing that happened, yeah, but it did. We got a country that starts with a P, didn't we? No. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll have to look. <laughs> nice. I ain't got no ideas. <laughs> All right. Well... I... I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, keep on turning those pages. And mashing all of the buttons. And I'll see, we'll see you talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I had a mind stroke. <laughs>